You're listening to the Her Leadership Coach Podcast for the quietly determined career woman who's looking to step up into her first or next level leadership role. If you're looking to make a bigger, more positive difference in your organization, you've come to the right place. Well, hello, welcome in. It's Rochelle. This season on Her Leadership Coach, we have been covering all of the many wonderful ways that gender bias plays out in the workplace. And in each episode, we have unpacked different biases, looking at how they shape our experiences and our career paths. So if you've missed those, go back to the beginning of the season and have a listen in amongst the amazing guest interviews that we've been doing. Today, we are looking at a particularly subtle bias, and that is called attribution bias. So let's dive right in and understand what it really is, how it shows up in our professional lives, and why it is essential to recognize and address this one, especially for us women that are either striving for leadership roles or in a leadership role and looking to increase our impact, influence, and income. All right, so imagine you're at work and you've just nailed a big project. If you're a guy, people might say, wow, he is so talented and worked really hard for this. But if you're a woman, they might think, oh, didn't she get lucky? Or she had a lot of help with that. That is what attribution bias is. It's like this unfair filter on how we see success and failure based on whether someone is a man or a woman. Now, this bias sneaks into many parts of work life from who gets praised in meetings, who gets nominated for awards, which for better or worse can affect who gets the top jobs. Uh, Perhaps even worse, if people don't think our success comes from our own skills and hard work, it can make us feel less valued, right? Or less valuable, which in turn, again, affects our chances of moving up in our careers. If we don't think we add value, if we think that everything we are doing is due to luck, then the chances are we don't have the confidence to step into that next space. Um, And of course, it's not just about how others might underestimate us, right? It's also about how we might be judging our teammates, our friends, our colleagues, how we're looking at their success. And that in turn can impact them and their feelings about themselves and their career journey. So knowing about this bias really helps us to uncover what's normally a hidden hurdle. And we need to start knocking these hurdles down and make sure that the workplace is fairer for everyone and not just a particular gender. All right, so see if any of this feels familiar at all. Let's take Nadia. She's a project manager at a tech company and she has been burning the midnight oil, working mornings, late nights, leading her team through thick and thin to develop this great new app for the company. And they've done it. And they're celebrating their big win. And her boss goes, Nadia, you did an awesome job keeping everything on track. And boy, weren't you lucky to have such a star team. Huh? Now, hold on a minute. 
Like that's like saying the cake was great because of the oven, not the baker. Now let's take Tapan, Nadia's colleague, who just wrapped up a similar project. And his boss is all, wow, fantastic work, mate. Your skills and leadership really brought this one home. See what's going on here? Nadia's work gets overshadowed by this idea of luck and help and her team. While Tapan's success, who also had a team, is all about his personal prowess. Now, this isn't just happening in the tech world. It's like this unwritten rule in the corporate playbook where women's wins are often chalked up to external factors like luck or timing or team or you name it, while the guys get a pat on the back for their brains and their brawn. They're just so amazing. Uh, I mean, it's not like women are only winning because the stars align, right? All right, so now let's look at a different scenario. We're going to flip the switch in this and look at Nadia's project hitting a snag. And unfortunately, in this scenario, the launch is delayed, uh, which often seems like the end of the world when you're in project land. Um, so if everything was equal, right, we would think that this would be attributed to luck as well. Because if Nadia is successful, it's luck. And so surely, if it's a failure, it's also luck. Except, while the research doesn't show attribution bias from external sources in this case, so there is no research to difference, no data to show that men and women are treated differently in this space, here's where that internalization of attribution bias creeps in. And this one might really hit home. Instead of looking outward in this instance, Nadia starts to internalize the failure. She might think to herself, oh, I must not have been smart enough to see these issues coming my way. Or I'm just not cut out for this. Does that feel familiar at all? It's this classic case where she is saying the setback in this case is what I am perceiving as my inadequate inadequacies rather than external factors like unforeseen technical challenges or a vendor that isn't on time. Um, contrast this with Japan. If he was facing a similar issue in his project, he might think, oh, these technical glitches were totally unexpected. No one could have seen them coming. So men are more likely to see the failure as a result of external circumstances not their lack of ability. So this difference in internal dialogue that we have can have significant implications for how men and women perceive their own professional competence and growth. Um, there is a review by Odessa Hamilton and Grace Lorden. Uh, they looked at research spanning 50 years and it showed a clear pattern they found uh, that male success is mostly attributed to skill, while female success, especially in masculine type roles, is chalked up to luck. Uh, and obviously that's not just a matter of perception. That's like if it was just the perception... That would be annoying, but it's what that perception results in and how that affects real opportunities. So men get disproportionately rewarded for this presumed skill, 
Well, women's achievements are often seen as exceptions, not the rule. So again, it was just down to luck that that project went well. Uh, and I've experienced this myself. I've had a project go brilliantly, like uh, on time, on budget. Um, change management was great. The feedback from stakeholders was fantastic. And in my own head, I'm like, oh, that was probably just a one-off. How am I going to repeat that? I remember thinking that at the time. Um, and I didn't really get a lot of feedback about from from like leadership. I got lots of feedback from stakeholders, but leadership, not so much. So, you know, I really can feel firsthand how this bias can be a significant barrier for us as women seeking to um advance in what are seen as masculine fields and project management is still one of them um, and unfortunately there are an awful lot of fields that are still seen as masculine um, and look there's even more complexity to this I think this this there's this common belief in meritocracy and when we combine that with downplaying the role of luck it's particularly harmful to women. So it suggests that if you're not succeeding as a woman, it's because you're not good enough. It's because you lack talent, you lack intelligence, or you're not determined enough. You're not ambitious enough because, you know, all of our hiring is based on meritocracy. So the saying goes. Um, and I really think that this type of narrative that we hear out there is it not only skews our perception of success, but it also reinforces these gender gaps that we have in the workplace. So what we're seeing, as is so often the case, is this complexity um, between stereotypes, biases and social narratives. And those sort of join together and shape how we view and value women's achievements. It's not just about giving credit where it's due. It is about fundamentally rethinking how we interpret success and the factors that contribute to it. Because while we're on the topic of luck, it's worth noting some broader research that might surprise you. It turns out in the grand scheme of things, luck probably plays a much bigger role in everyone's success than we often like to admit. Research shows that whether it's in business, music, or even sports, those often jaw-dropping successes we hear about, the overnight successes, they're often more about being in the right place in the, at the right time than pure skill. Um, for instance, one study found that the top charting musicians or the fastest growing companies often owe their success to pure luck than consistent performance. Um, so the performance across a whole range of companies is consistent. And I see this as a small business owner. I see so many other entrepreneurs, small business owners being consistently good at what they do, being consistently good at the results they get. And yet sometimes there's this spark at some point, this piece of luck that comes along that makes all of the difference. 
And I think this idea, this research can be a little challenging for most of us to come to grips with because we want to believe we've got to where we are through hard work and skill, right? That makes us feel good about ourselves. But I think it's worth at least entertaining the idea that there is far more luck involved than what we'd care to admit. When you think about the luck, even the basic luck that most of us have, that, you know, if you are listening to this, you are born in a country that uh, is first world, most likely. Um, You are probably born into a family that has some um, level of education or you know, has had some success in a in the career world at some point. Um, or you have a partner that is supportive. Um, there are so many things that are as a result of simply where we're born and who we are born to that are involved in our ultimate success. So just putting it out there, um, it might take a while to come to grips with that one. All right, so let's pivot from that. Uh, discussion on on luck and skill and merit uh, and look at what organizations can do to tackle attribution bias. So in our past episodes, we've discussed several strategies for minimizing all of the different biases in the workplace. And while these strategies are broadly applicable for almost every bias, I think that we've discussed, I just want to revisit them with a specific focus on attribution bias. So firstly, transparent performance evaluations. Now, we've talked about this before, but I think it's worth emphasizing again. With attribution bias, it's really crucial that evaluations are not only fair, but also clearly communicated. So you want to talk about the the behaviors um, and how they have impacted the results and not... um, you know, looking at different circumstances based on whether it's a man or a woman. So you want really clear um, guidance on how to do your performance evaluations. That helps prevent the misattributions of success and ensures that women's skills and efforts are properly acknowledged um, and perhaps opens the door to seeing a little bit more um, luck and help and support in men's success, right, which um, is really where we need to grow here leadership training that's another topic we've covered before Um, with attribution bias you really want to address how um, this bias in particular shows up and help educate leaders on recognizing and celebrating achievements based on merit irrespective of gender Um, and also recognizing the luck that is at play irrespective of gender, uh, which, again, can be tricky. And then lastly, while fostering an inclusive culture is, again, a common theme, it is particularly important in the context of attribution bias. We really want to challenge stereotypes, and um, that helps to ensure that all achievements are seen through um, a, a lens of equality, equity and fairness rather than gendered assumptions. So uh, the more we are interacting with each other, understand each other, form empathy for each other, see each other as um, good at our jobs, the more we can break down the stereotypes. Uh, And that's, again, that's what's at play here. 
Um, okay, so now let's talk about tackling attribution bias on a personal level. And it's tricky, right? Because as with most biases, they can sort of sneak into our mindset and we start to see them as truth rather than as perception of truth, which is one of the um, mindset shifts in the Her Leadership Way Manifesto. So to catch yourself in the act of you know, looking at your failures as your own fault, looking at your successes as luck, or you had a lot of help. I want you to start paying attention to your immediate reactions to success and failures, both yours and other people's, right? So if you're scrolling through Facebook later on today and you see someone's posted something that they've done well, take a step back and go, oh, what did I just think there? And then... Notice what gender it was and see if you have um, been a party to attribution bias. Uh, ask yourself, am I attributing the success to skill or external factors in this instance? Now, self-awareness, it's difficult. It's a journey. Um, I highly recommend having a coach to help you uncover these often hidden internalized barriers if you feel like this is one of the ones getting in your way of moving to uh, where you want to be. All right, next we have assertive communication. Now, this is an essential way of communicating and one that we often struggle with. Um, and, you know, it comes into some other biases, but um, we can still do this. So say you've led a project to success and then you attend your next team meeting and your role in the project is attributed to luck or timing in some way shape or form and in the past you might have just let that slide and then had a vent to your work bestie later on however I'm going to invite you to respond in the moment and here's a way you might choose to do this something like hey I appreciate the recognition and I'd really like to highlight the strategic planning and leadership that also played a significant role in our project success right so in that way you have asserted your contribution without diminishing the role of others and I know that that's often important to us is that others are seen in our journey but we need to do that without being a detriment to ourselves. You also, it, it can help to remember that every time you stand up for your own achievements, you're not just advocating for yourself. You're actually showing other women how they can do the same thing, right? You are shifting the storyline for all women in the workplace, by acknowledging your skills and efforts um, while still, you know, incorporating any efforts and skills from the team and then supporting others to do the same thing if they are doing it, we just start to create this ripple effect of change. And that's what we need to be doing as individuals. Okay, that is a wrap on today's episode. So we've explored how attribution bias shows up its impact on our careers, and then some uh, strategies to counter it for both the organization and um, through our own uh, personal strategies. So 
I encourage you to reflect over the next week or two on how attribution bias might be playing a role in your own professional life and start thinking about what steps you can take to address it. Um, You might want to discuss this episode with colleagues or bring your team in on this information. In fact, any of the um, episodes on bias are really good starting points for conversations with your team. Uh, See if them have noticed, see if any of them have noticed this bias out in the wild uh, or talk about your own stories of noticing this out in the wild. It helps to get them paying attention to it as well and becoming an ally to you and to others in this space. Creating change, it's all about those ripples. All right, thanks for joining me this week. If you want to continue the conversation about attribution bias or being a leader from the inside out, come and join us in the Woman in Leadership Facebook group. You will find the link to join in the show notes. I also want to let you know that some of this podcast was created with the assistance of artificial intelligence from editing the audio to drafting my show notes. AI saves me time, uh, which is, of course, super freaking helpful as a leader. This is an area I really encourage you to be experimenting with as it is set to revolutionize the way we work. Um, And depending on when you listen to this episode, I am going to be putting on a free training on uh, generative AI or particularly ChatGPT and Bing Chat Enterprise. Uh, That will be running on the 27th of November Australian time that is. So it may be the 26th of November for you. Um, So look out for that in um, the link will be in the show notes to uh, join up for that as well. If you got value out of this episode, I would love it if you could leave a review share it with others as widely as you can. I would really appreciate it. Uh, And until next week, continue to lead the way her way.